Welcome to our Clothed with the Sun daily podcast, daily reading of scripture and meditation on the gospel of the day. I am James Thomas. Today is Thursday, May 25th, 2023, Thursday of the seventh week of Easter. Today's reading is from the gospel according to St. John, lifting up his eyes to heaven. Jesus prayed, saying, Father, I pray not only for these but also for those who will believe in me through their word, so that they may all be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. And I have given them the glory you gave me, so that they may be one as we are one, I in them and you in me, that they may be brought to perfection as one, that the world may know that you sent me, and that you love them even as you loved me. Father, they are your gift to me. I wish that where I am they also may be with me, that they may see my glory that you gave me, because you loved me before the foundation of the world. Righteous Father, the world also does not know you, but I know you, and they know that you sent me. I made known to them your name, and I will make it known, that the love with which you loved me may be in them, and I in them. So this is a beautiful reading. On the one hand, this is part of Jesus's prayer for unity, which I love to quote all the time. I love to talk about how, I mean, uh, we have so many denominations and we have so, uh, there's just so much division in our country, even within our church. And yet Jesus prayed for oneness. And it's a oneness that's not simply, well, I hope everybody believes the same things, but it's a oneness. Jesus is praying, I mean, and it's ultimately to be revealed and realized in heaven. So we have to be getting ready for this, but it's a oneness on every level. It's a oneness of being one in the body of Christ, truly loving each other, truly being united in our beliefs, but also in our love for each other, in our worship of God, a oneness. We're all in the same family. And why? Because the Trinity is one, three in one. I always say in the Old Testament, uh, there was a great effort over many centuries for the, you know, the people to believe that there was one God, one meaning singular number, one, because they believed there were many gods, a God of the moon, a God of the sun, a God of the rain, etc., So the Lord slowly, gradually reveals to his people that there is just one God. Then Jesus comes and he speaks of one God, but he doesn't mean it the same way. He's not using one as the number one. He says there are three persons in one God, meaning united as one. The three are united. Of course, Jesus does not teach us or believe in any way that there's all these other gods. That's We've already gotten past that in the Old Testament. Now Jesus is taking us to the next level, the next step, that there is a oneness in God, that these three persons, they're co-equal. They're all omnipotent. They're all omniscient. They can all, they're, you know, able to do anything they want. They're all creators, although... You know, we say with each there's particular gifts that are proper to that person, but still the other two participate in all these different things, such as creating us, 
redeeming us, sanctifying us. So Jesus prays for unity. So that's one thing. But then this other thing that's really emphasized here is, I mean, there's an expression, and I think it was from a book title or something, God has no grandchildren. You know what I think it is? It's a chapter in a book uh, from Forming Intentional Disciples. It's a great book that's out there about, uh, you know, how to build up discipleship, how to build up your parishes. And yeah, there's a, there's a chapter in there. God has no grandchildren. In other words, each of us are supposed to claim faith as our own. And as we evangelize and minister to people, we need to bring people to God so that God is their father. What happens very often in the church today is that people think of God as, I don't know that they would ever verbalize this, but they think of God as their grandfather. In other words, that's my mother's church. That's my mother's God, my mother's religion, my grandparents' go to that church. Oh, I deserve to have a special wedding or whatever because my grandfather donated to the bell or something. When in reality, they need to be uh, practicing the faith themselves. There needs to be a commitment on their part. It can't simply be, and and, I mean, we see this all the time with um, a mother of the bride calling the parish to arrange a wedding. I'm sorry, are you getting married or is it your daughter? Your daughter wants to get married? Well, I think she should have the maturity level to call the church herself and say, this is what I want. This is what I'm committed to do to get married. And usually they're not committing to much much of anything because they don't go to church. So God has no grandchildren. He calls us all to be his children. Yet Jesus prays for, in a sense, the grandchildren of God, meant to be the children of God. In other words, those he's ministering to, he's praying to the Father, bring them in, give them special grace, let them become one as we are one. When you think about those words, as we are one, there's an intense bond of unity between the Father and the Son, greater than anything ever. And he's asking the Father, all those people out there that don't belong to you and me yet, please, sanctify them, consecrate them, draw them in as one. But I love how there's also this line over here. I pray not only for these, the ones you gave me, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. So these are the great grandchildren of the father, in a sense. I'm using that in in a humorous way, trying to be humorous. Um, But what he's ultimately getting to here is he's praying for them all to come in. As I read that line, I thought about just so many people, especially young people that I've taught that I've had an opportunity to minister to and the father was providing grace. See, we're called to minister to others. Hopefully by the end of our lives, many of us have contributed to the salvation of many, many people. Hopefully all of us have done this, whether it's your own kids, whether it's people that we've ministered to in church ministries, people that we work with, people that we're friends with, people just out there that maybe receive kindness from us. Or maybe they're impressed because they just see some sign of our faith. A cross, a bumper sticker, I don't know, rosary beads. (laughs) I often think to myself, if I have, you know, because I have a magnet on the back of my car with Jesus. I hope I don't show any road rage because then that makes Jesus look bad. So yes, we never know 
although sometimes we do, it gets revealed to us over time, but very often we don't know who we're even going to be influencing. God has a plan for each of us to participate in ministry. He decides who we're going to minister to, but he also gives the grace for it, that through God's grace, people will come to him through us. It's an amazing, beautiful thing. I think of a student that I once had where we were having a conversation one day about guardian angels, and I was encouraging the kids to pray to their guardian angels. And this one girl in the class was just real tough and just acted like she didn't care about any of this. And the next day she came into class and she wasn't her usual tough self. She came up to me and she was like a bit of a little girl, an excited little girl saying, oh, we remember that thing you told us yesterday to pray to our guardian angels. And she was telling me, but asking me at the same time, she didn't want to commit too much that to, to the reality that she had actually, you know, done the assignment and got excited about it because she got a response from her guardian angel in prayer. Yeah. She was trying to tell me about this. And she told me she had a dream and her angel appeared in the dream after she had just prayed to her and the angel started to tell her things and she was almost in tears as she was telling me, but then she remembered, okay, I'm, I'm breaking with character too much here. And she put on the tough face again and reestablished the mask and the distance between us and said, yeah, whatever, never mind." And I always thought that was just so funny because I know I got through to that kid. And I know she had an experience in prayer. And just like I pray for all my former students, I pray for her as well, that the Lord would continue to work through her heart and draw her to him. And isn't it amazing? I mean, I was telling 30 kids at once, pray to your guardian angel, ask for things from your guardian angel. I didn't know this girl was going to come to me. And it was so great that it was this girl because she was one of the toughest kids in that class, toughest to reach, tough to break through to. And she had had an experience. She opened her heart, even if for a second, and the Lord gave her grace. And the Lord uh, touched her emotionally. She was touched by it. Um, I think of another student that I just recently worked with that I just, this kid really caused a lot of trouble and has caused me trouble over the months. And I really just tried to keep away from this kid because, uh, I don't know, I usually work really well with the bad kids, but sometimes I just feel like, oh, this kid, oh, I better just keep my distance because I don't want to get involved in anything too difficult. But anyway, the Lord had something different for me there. And the Lord arranged for me to meet with that kid for an hour and, and have to spend some I mean, I would say one-on-one, there were two other kids there in the room. There were only three kids in this particular class this one day that I was covering. And the other two kids just quietly sat and did their work. And I spent an hour talking to this kid. And this is a kid I tried to avoid. And by the end of that hour, I feel like I really, uh, you know, made some headway. We had a nice conversation. There was a lot there that was established. I had an opportunity to show kindness to this kid and to talk about some meaningful topics. And at the end of the class, the kid that I had been avoiding, I I couldn't wait to see him again. I was so excited that we had really spent some quality time together. And who knows? You know, I, I haven't seen this kid since that day. This was just recently that this happened. And maybe the next time I see him, he'll act like he doesn't know me. (laughs) or maybe he'll be excited to see me and talk to me again because we, uh, we build a little bit of a rapport 
And I just thank the Lord for that. I thank the Lord that the Lord did good things with that time and that conversation. But also I thank the Lord for just working out his will. He does what he wants despite what we want. We think we know it all. We think we have the plans. We think we have the answers. And the Lord says, no, I'm going to put you in this situation, but I'm going to give you the grace so that I can work through you to do good things. And I love talking about students. I love talking about kids that I've had the opportunity to minister to because ah, there's just such a wealth of talents and gifts and personalities. And even if we quote unquote, will say they're the bad kids, the reality is they're kids and there's so much innocence there. They're so new to this world. They have so much of their lives in front of them. And therefore we have the honor. I have an honor to be called to minister to some of these kids, these young people, these teenagers and the Lord You know, I I always go back to St. John Bosco and how he said to the other priests and brothers that were helping him minister in the orphanage that we are the, uh, that these children, these young people, they are our masters and we have been sent by almighty God to serve them. We have been given this great task, this great honor to serve our masters, these young people who are from the Lord. Remember that the Lord says they are the ones that he listens to first. They're the ones that inherit the kingdom of heaven, the little people, the young people. And so uh, you never know. You never do know as Jesus prays for those that we will minister to, the the spiritual children, the spiritual grandchildren, the spiritual great-grandchildren, even though that's a bit of a joke to say it that way, still the Lord has plans for all those people out there. He wants to use us and he will give us the grace. And I just say, and I, and I ask you to say this with me as well, Lord, use me. Lord, put me in those places where there are people that need your grace and that I can maybe be a bridge in between them and you. Make me a, a conduit of your grace for people out there, especially young people, who desperately need to know they have a father and that they are loved. Hope everybody has a great day. God bless you.